0: Dare to Wonder is our summer series and we're taking a different question each week and we're, we're wondering about it, we're curious about it, we're, we're letting it maybe enter into our individual psyche and spiritual lives from different angles and slants and trying to use fresh words and today our question that we're looking at is, what is the realm of God? It's a phrase that's used in the New Testament, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in particular. 61 different times, the phrase, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Or my friends, uh, and I actually prefer this phrase, the realm of God. And Pentecost Sunday ties into the realm of God. And by the way, I love seeing the red out there. It's fantastic. We even have red lights coming on. We We got it all, I'm telling you. Tom Long tells a story of a young girl about five years old. Who came to church on Pentecost Sunday with her parents? You know, and she was all dressed up for the occasion. Can't you just see a little five-year-old coming in, all dressed in red, and just looking cute? And it was let your mind wander to that place, the kind of little child you would see off in the distance, and goes, "How cute!" I could see my grand our granddaughter Dawn doing that as well. I find it adorable. Anyway, she came forward for the children's time. Her parents were sitting in the second row and the children's pastor got up and delivered just this powerful retelling of the Pentecost story that Matt read earlier for a call to worship. Dramatic, strong, powerful. as he was talking about the story, this little five-year-old girl stood up, put her hands on her hips, and for everybody to hear, she said, I don't believe a word of that story. I love that honesty. Are we like that, young girl? Pentecost Sunday is here again. Maybe we've heard that story so many times that, ah, oh, you know, a little familiarity might breed a little bit of contempt. Maybe it's not setting off the alarms in our own in our own heads, like it used to but we in the main lines we take this story and this text seriously and yet i got to be honest it's a little hard to get our minds around the story right i mean science and all but this isn't science it's faith this is not ideology it's theology that's supposed to make a difference or at least that ought to make a difference after all, Pentecost Sunday is that, that time of year when there is this disruption and transformation. Just hold those two words together for a moment. Disruption, transformation. That's Pentecost Sunday. Actually, for those of us who have access to the Spirit of God, which is all of us Christians in this era anyway, that's every day disruption, transformation. Sometimes this day seems a little bit more like an unwelcome guest, you know, the one that comes around at the holiday time. Like the old SNL character, caricature, Drunk Uncle, do you remember him? Drunk Uncle from SNL. He's kind of funny actually, although I have to confess, my favorite SNL character, Stefan. Drunk uncle is the one that has too much to drink during the day, which is part of our story. They accused them all of being that drunk uncle. And yet, disruption, transformation. I was recently rereading the story of Pentecost, which is a good thing for your pastor to do. And there's a phrase in there that jumped out, leapt out at me. I mean, I I can do pretty well with the fireworks, right? I can do pretty well with the wind. I can do pretty well with the tongues of fire. I I just, I like stuff like that. But the harder part of the story for me to get my mind around was the part in the story, and and Matt didn't read it because I condensed it. It reads something like this, and it's my paraphrase. These people from different cultures... We're speaking different languages, and yet they understood one another. What? People were speaking different languages, but they heard those different languages in their own language. In other words, they understood one another speaking those different languages. That's what I can't get my mind around. How's that possible? And I got to confess, in my own life, I'm trying to talk less, except for when I'm up here on Sunday mornings. <laughs> And listen more. Listen more to the people we sit next to in the pews, shop with, live across the street from, those that are across the border and around the world and into our back door again. How do we talk less, listen more? In a way that we speak different languages and yet we understand each other. That's disruption and transformation. That's Pentecost. Every day. Right? Thank you. I'm going to pay you a buck for every time you... No, I'm not going to do that. I, 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 I'm going I'm to recant that statement. Call me Joe Biden. That's not a bad challenge on Pentecost Sunday, is it? Listen to people who speak different languages to try to understand one another. Just a tad bit more. I mean, if the people of God don't give it a shot, who's going to, really? That's the interruption. That's the transformation of Pentecost. It's a bold, impossible possibility. It's the movement of God amongst ourselves first to the world. And perhaps, hopefully, showing the world that we can coexist with one another, with everybody, everywhere. Every day is a Pentecost Sunday. Ought to be. An interruption. A transformation. Have you ever noticed in the biblical narratives when God, when God steps in, it's a huge interruption. It's loud. Things that don't normally happen. Happen. Tongues of fire appear on people's heads. Buildings shake. Mountains melt. That's not quiet. It's an interruption. But it's a transformation. It's the shedding of the skin of the old to make space for the new wind of God. The Ruach Elohim. Clearing away the clutter and the chaos. Making way for the realm of God. Right here in our midst. Do you believe it? Or do you not believe a single word of it? It's still, I just got that image in my mind. My two youngest daughters would definitely have done something like that. I don't believe a word of that, and they probably would have added the foot tap. <laughs> Pentecost Sunday sheds the skin of all of the old in favor of God's new holy Spirit. wind and God's new holy Spirit way. And it's engaging. It really is. It's frightening at first the interruption, but the transformation. It's a party, it's a way. Come on in. Come on down. There's room for you. We see you. You're welcome. Not as in thank you, but you are you're welcome to come. It's an engagement. So the shedding of the old in favor of the new, that's spirituality. That's Good Friday to Easter Sunday, isn't it? Death. Resurrection. Track with me. This is powerful. Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed to the images of this world, even the church images of this world, but keep being transformed. The cry of the Reformation, friends, Reformed and always being reformed. So Pentecost Sunday is about constantly stretching into God's way in the world. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is ever settled until God says it is settled. And the last time I checked, I don't think God has settled that all things are settled. This is a gospel good news story, if we allow it. So if all this is true, what on earth is the realm of God? Not a bad question to dare to wonder about. On a day we, when we attempt to come back to ourselves and lean into the powerful stories of the text, which really frame our life and way of being church in the world. It's a fresh wind blowing in our midst. Or at least it has the possibility of being that. So here's how today's going to work. Three moves of what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about, initially, what the realm of God is not. Then I want to talk about what perhaps the realm of God is, number two. And then number three, what are some potential marks of the realm of God? Tracking? What it's not? Perhaps what it is and what it might look like. So friends, and this is a storm front rolling in today. It's a storm front rolling in today. Let me tell you a quick story. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I used to love playing golf, right? One of the things I like to do, and we had this old golf course by our house, and I was a junior member. I paid 175 bucks a year and played unlimited golf. And I'd go to the golf range with my shag bag of balls. We weren't even that good that you'd go get golf balls. You had to get, bring your own golf balls. So I'd show up with my shag bag and an hour and a half, and I'd just be repetition, 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 right? 10,000 hours, Malcolm Gladwell says, is what it takes for somebody to become an expert at something. 10,000 hours. I can remember one day. It was late in August, Chicago, suburb of Chicago, late August, hot as blazing out. It was 90s outside, and the humidity was as equally high, sweating buckets, and I'm out there as a 17-year-old on my day off just doing what I love to do, grooving the golf swing. I should have spent more time on the putting green, but I was out... I was out there just grooving my golf swing and off to the west I noticed that the clouds were extremely dark and I looked up where I was and it was brilliantly hot and humid and I thought we got a storm front coming in. Do I have time to finish doing what I'm doing? Well, being invincible in 18, I realized I had plenty of time. <laughs> so I finally finished up hitting that whole shag bag of golf balls and now it's time to go out and start picking them up i took a quick glance yep i got time start picking start picking i look over and all of a sudden i didn't even need to really look over because here it came the front have you ever been outside when a front system came through the wind no more sun the wind comes through the temperature degrees drop 20 degrees now i'm waiting for it to just start pouring Thankfully, it didn't. Picked up the rest of my golf balls, ran to my car, got my clubs, threw them in the car, threw the balls of shag bag in the back, got into my front seat to turn on the ignition. It rained cats and dogs and hail and squirrels (laughs) and mosquitoes. Things were falling out of the sky that I didn't even think God made. A slight hyperbole at the end. The rest of the story was completely true. That's the work of the Holy Spirit of God. It's that kind of disruption that led to a rain shower that brought about transformation. Because flowers don't grow only in the heat of the sun, they need rain. It's the same thing with Pentecost, it's the same thing with the church. It's a storm front coming through this morning. So, what is what is not the realm of God? The realm of God is not a country. It's not a country. Countries may knowingly or unknowingly be a part of the realm of God, but it's not a country. You tracking? The realm of God's not a nation state nor is it a geopolitical ideal or ideology. The realm of God is not a continual evolutionary progress of humankind until there is ultimate good that humans create. That's not necessarily the realm of God. Now, that kind of work can enhance the realm of God, but it's not the realm of God. Nor is the realm of God one person. Alfredo, you're a gifted man, but you are not the realm of God. You can participate in it, but you're not completely, totally, 100%. it. Thank you, Jesus. Nor is one ethnicity, nor is one church, nor is one denomination. They are not, we are not, this church is not the realm of God. Now we can participate in it, but we're not it. And actually, fascinatingly so, we can by omission choose not to be a participant in the realm of God. Think about that. The realm of God is not about us being customer service representatives for God. And now here's the other thing. The realm of God is not fully realized yet, but it is somewhat here. Okay, so that's a lot of words. And a lot of times when we're talking about the realm of God, the easiest way for me to talk about it is to at least start with, here's what I don't think it is. Now, here's what the realm of God may be. And I'm going to ask you, uh, you can add and subtract to this. All right, this is just one guy this is just one guy 's thinking about the realm of God. I was trying to come up with this metaphor that would work, and the best thing that I could come up with was a, a giant mesh blanket like there 's a text in Acts ten, a sheet that comes down out of heaven, uh, and Peter is given this vision uh, that catapults him from ministry to the Jewish context to ministry outside of the jewish context it's kind of a build-off of that but if you could imagine a mesh blanket that just wraps itself around the whole planet and goes into the soil the realm of god is a spiritual reality brought to us through the resurrection of christ and the spirit of god on this pentecost sunday but it's also a political reality—the kingdom of God, the realm of God—and it's different than the nation-state. It's different than the church. They're not the same thing. So what I was trying to get my mind around is: okay, a mesh blanket covers the whole earth. One—one one of Mindy said this in staff. It was—it got my grab me. And it infiltrates. And it's subversive. So that, and I'm going to quote Matt Anderson now. So that, got to find Matt. Where are you, Matt? Whatever God wants to happen, happens. Whatever God wants to happen, happens. Now what, and you're very sensible. But not what Greg wants to happen. Not what Tobin. What God wants to happen, happens. No rules. It's a people movement. And so what God decides to do is to establish a people movement called the church that can be the best, and it's sometimes the worst, representation of the kingdom of God on earth today. And He infuses you and I and the church, every denomination around the planet in a manner that could, if it chose to participate in this realm of God, we can. We can be the conduits, the very hands and feet of Jesus Christ. The re-presentation of the realm of God to the world. Showing the world a different way to live. And man, is this A storm front coming through. Had the privilege of hearing Gregory Boyle, you know, the founder of Homeboy Industries, a couple weeks ago. Here's what he said about the realm of God. The realm of God is not a place that you go to. The realm of God is a place that you live from. And the church is the same thing. Church is not a place that we come to. Church is a place that we go from. Church is a place that we don't come to. It's a place that we live out of and be sent out into the space called the world to participate as the Spirit of God leads to be the hands and feet of Christ wherever we go. Is this crazy or what? And that's what's all wrapped up in this Pentecost Sunday. It sends us out. It scatters us out. It puts us out in the world like a mesh blanket embedding us wherever we land. So this isn't church. Out there's church. How about a risky definition? This is like me, classically me. I, you know, it's one long run-on sentence. That's, that was hurtful. <laughs> that was hurtful. That was my wife? <laughs> Don, get her out of here. But go, go gentle, go gentle. Okay, here's a, here's a risky definition. Hang with me a little longer. I'm not going to go that much longer. So, under the sovereignty of the cosmic Christ, the universal Christ, so not only is this about earth, it's about stars, planet, cosmos, the Holy Spirit of God indwells, indwells a cosmic church. It's a people movement that seeks to stretch. And this is key language. We stretch into this. You know, we're constantly stretching into it. That's why I forget about the forms and stretch into what God's doing. We stretch into becoming the hands and feet of Christ. We're allowing all people to flourish as they come back to themselves, created with dignity and worth in God's eyes. And we do this by dismantling injustice and structural evil and personal evil and stand against prejudice and bigotry and racism and ageism and sexism and misogyny, one nation over another. We, we struggle for economic justice. We, we stand in line and in the face of all forms of nationalism, environmental plundering. We stand against hatred and war and resentment and power that seeks only to control. Feel free to add or delete according to the Scriptures as you are led. So perhaps that's what the realm of God is, this place where God does whatever God wants to do. And we get to participate in it, if we so choose. Does that just inspire you? How many are inspired? Okay, I'm going to ask it again. How many of you are inspired? I'm not going to quit asking this question until every hand is raised. How many of you are inspired? Okay, thank you very much. How many of you are sleeping? My gosh. I knew you were going to be a tough crowd this morning. Okay, so, so don't be surprised, the third thing. Here, here might be a few of the marks, right? And I need the scriptures for this. Uh, Matthew 5. So if you want to read about what the realm of God actually is, you go to the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, if we only had the Sermon on the Mount, we actually might be participating more faithfully and fully in the realm of God. Sermon on the Mount. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, sat down, his disciples came with him, and he began to teach them. Love it. Jesus was teaching people. What did he teach them? Notice, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, let God be God. You don't need to act like one yourself. I got this. Then he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. He says, you know what? Cry at the things that I cry at. Get to know me enough that you know what I'm going to cry at. And when you know me enough, and you know what I'm going to cry at most often? You'll cry at it too. Becoming a more faithful witness to the hands and feet of Christ in the realm of God. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Nobody in our United States culture today likes to be meek, do we? Yet, it's a virtue in the realm of God. In other words, don't fight back with words or actions when every single ounce of you wants to resist. And I use the word resist intentionally. Stand with folks. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength. Because when someone punches you, your natural human gut reaction is to do what? Punch them back. The harder thing to do is to not punch back. Just go play hockey. I guarantee you it's true. All right, where am I? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Struggle to listen for what is right in God's eyes, not my own opinion. Struggle to hunger and thirst for righteousness, that which is right and true in God's eyes, and that's different more often than not than our angry, angry? angry. Our angry tweets. Uh, Where am I? Were it merciful? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy, chesed, compassion. Enter into the life story of someone else. Not judging, just listening. Blessed are the pure in heart, for the ones who are pure in heart Will see God and God's realm. The struggle to be pure in heart. And lastly, the last beatitude: blessed are the peacemakers. Man, what the world needs now are peacemakers. Make peace where there is all struggle. Galatians 5, 22-26. The fruit of the Spirit. If you memorize this, say these with me. Let's pull the text up. Galatians text. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Okay, now don't say the next one until you whisper it. Gentleness. Gentleness. Like a whisper. And self control. Against these things, no law. No law. I know what you're saying, because I've said this myself a million times. I mean, early years of my, in my life as a Christian, I would, I would write all these out, and I'd be like, oh, i got to be all these things. And you know what I finally realized one day? Eh, that ain't going to happen. That's just, that's just not going to happen. I personally am not going to be all these things. But here's the thing. We have to remember, these texts were given to communities, not to individual people. Right? Think about it. Jesus gathered a group of people and he said, all of you collectively together, this people movement, these are the kind of attitudes and virtues and actions that you're going to see. Not every single one of us has to have every single one of these things. So let yourself off the hook a little bit. <laughs> right? Because there's... there's Love and, you know, I'm not ever going to have more joy than my wife does. (laughs) This side of heaven, it ain't going to happen. But I get a lot of joy watching her do her thing. Right? And thank you. And there's, you know, there's some things that I do that I can't think of any, but There's things that I do that she can't do as well. I can't think of any. You get the drift here? You seeing what's going on here? I mean, relax. Relax about all this stuff. Lighten up. My God, the world needs the realm of God. God. Here's the best part. Should you choose to accept this mission, you're it. Unless you get all wound up about all the wrong stuff. And here's the best part of the Holy Spirit God doesn't really care. God will just say, Good, I'm going to go around him and go do something else because that's what the wind of God does. Not that, not them. Over here. Yeah, let's go, Jesus. God, we're over here now. Yeah, baby. Isn't that fascinating? Happens all the time. The world needs it, God's glory requires it. God, help us all. Let's pray. What an audacious call. What an inspiring commission. What an awesome responsibility. What an inspiring motivation. Your realm transcends all realms, and we of all people. We get to participate. In some crazy way, we get to participate. Man, we are such lucky bums in the way you pursue whatever you want to see happen in the world today. You're truly relentless in pursuing your goodwill and purpose for all people in all places at all times. Allow us to stay on board with the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the realm of God. May it be so. Until you say, It's all finished. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. I think we're singing a cool